American United is the full-service credit union for our veterans. Learn more about their 1% cashback visa with low fixed rates as well as cash back on every purchase. It's one of the ways they can give back to their members. Learn more at amucu.org. Now's the time to find your color, your paint, and everything to get started during red, white, and blue savings at the Home Depot. Transforming your room is easier than ever. With the best deals online and in-store, you can confidently select your color and the tools for your next paint project. Get a colorful new experience and the right paint for the right price. Save $10 on one gallon and $40 off three and five gallons for a limited time only at The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 25 gallons per household. See store for details. Welcome to Ideation Collective. I'm Jess Larson. Today on the show, I've got Jeff Teagues. You read about this all the time and leadership and building teams and, and how to select the right people. And even some of the special operations units that come from, it isn't necessarily the most talented guy or the best athlete or the smartest guy. It's how do you fit into this team? This is another episode of our Innovation and Leadership series where we interview pro athletes, world-class musicians, CEOs, Hollywood filmmakers, and a wide variety of other high achievers. Before we get rolling, I want to invite you to get involved with Child Rescue, the charity our founders started. To learn more about them, just come to our website, iCollective.co, and check on the Child Rescue tab on our menu. Also, I want to talk to you about one of our show's sponsors. I met these guys back on episode six. CEO Zach Smith was telling me all about starting a skateboard company and how much he hated doing the bookkeeping uh, for a skateboard shop and how he really uh, got led to start this business, Bookly, that's a hybrid combining bookkeeping software and human services. And I'll tell you why I let him become a sponsor. It's because I use their service now. I don't love paying 50 bucks an hour for bookkeepers to do stuff that I know software could do way, way cheaper, but uh, I don't love bookkeeping at all. So I want a real live human who knows what they're talking about to help me with the stuff I don't understand. Uh, probably the straw that broke the camel's back for me, though, the thing that put me over the top was that they could do my taxes and payroll also. Um, so totally suggest checking them out. Go to their website, bookly.co, and check out their flat rates. I've been super happy with them. So now on to today's episode. Jeff, thanks for making time. Thank you, Jess. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So uh, I've been looking forward to this interview for a while. We've been talking about it for a few months, um, but I think it's perfect timing with with human trafficking awareness coming out this month um, here in January. Um, to start off with, can you tell us about Guardian Group? Yeah, Guardian Group was was initially founded. It's a it's a nonprofit, five hundred one c three in in around two thousand twelve with the CEO Jeff Keith. So he and his wife Shannon uh, had a trip out to India, and they and they saw this problem of trafficking firsthand. And when they returned home, it, it moved them, and they both decided that they were going to switch what they were doing with their lives and really commit uh, to fighting this crime. And and Shannon is working something through a company called Sudara to provide women in India opportunity when they get out of the crime. And Jeff looked inward, and he and he spent a couple years studying what this problem looks like in the United States and building a collective, a team of people here in Central Oregon and along the West Coast to, to cooperate together and look for new innovative solutions. And when I met Jeff, we met at a, at a friend of ours retirement party about, about four years ago. So, you know, not, not too long after Guardian Group was stood up and we began to compare notes about how we saw this problem in America and, and how we thought there were some unique solutions to employ veterans to partner with law enforcement and district attorneys and these, these already other nonprofits and task forces that are out there fighting this crime. We decided to partner up. 
Uh, now, I still had a couple of years of active service. Um, I retired almost exactly a year ago. It was last November of, uh, of 2015 that I retired. And then we moved out here to Oregon and I became a full-time partner with, uh, with Jeff. And now I'm the acting as the chief operating officer with Guardian Group. Um, and it's been an absolutely terrific journey. It's, it's an incredible extension of my service in special operations forces uh, that started when I was 17 uh, all the way to today. I, I still feel like I'm, I'm working in the skill set um, that I'm put on this earth to work through. Well, and let, let's talk about that for a minute. So, you know, you're Rangers, then Special Forces, and then to even more specialized unit. Um, can you talk about, uh, you know, you talk about this team, and you guys certainly have a pretty excellent team. Um, certainly in, in the community you've come from, selection is a big deal. Can you talk about having the right people on the team uh, to, to help assist law enforcement in combating this crime? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting because... It, you read about this all the time and leadership and building teams and, and how to select the right people. And even and even some of the special operations units that come from, it's it's the right fit. It's the right guy. It isn't necessarily the most talented guy or the or the, you know, the, 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 the best athlete or the smartest guy. It's how do you fit into this team? So as as I move through the military and, and kind of move to 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 more specialized and more selective units, I, I was able to see the processes that they use and how you were really able to to get the right people together, that right mix. And that's something that we're really interested to do with with Guardian Group. And it's it's the freedom I I, I love as an entrepreneur, as starting your own business, be it a, a nonprofit or a for profit, that you have that autonomy to really test out the people that are going to fit in with your organization. Um, now, luckily for me, as we are starting off, I'm leaning on those assessment and selection and training processes from the military uh, to kind of circumvent a real detailed process that we go through with hiring because the, these these guys and girls are already proven entities. Uh, but we're beginning to integrate uh, more ways to, to find out how these teams work. And especially as we expand from our headquarters here in Oregon and we stand up these regional centers across the U.S., those have to be the right people and the right teams that can balance moving together towards a, a, the collective vision and mission that we have, and then the autonomy to do things the way that they see fit. Sure. So let's say somebody goes to guardiangroup.org or theguardiangroup.org and donates to you guys this nonprofit to help. Um, can you talk about what you're actually doing? Because you're more than just an awareness organization. Yeah. So uh, we've spent the, you know these first couple of years really building out these relationships. So like, like you talked about earlier, Jess, I come from a counterinsurgency and counterterrorism background. And, and, and one thing that I don't think people understand is those successes really come from the bottom up. You know, we've got federal ideas, we've got national policies, national strategies, but, but it's incredible how that, that one person in that village, that one connection with that warlord or that influential person overseas and and I'm and even here in the United States can make that difference. So we really set out to partner with the folks that are tasked to combat the crime of trafficking and that is our, our law enforcement agencies and our district attorneys and these other task forces that are are built with the shelters and the aftercare to to restore these boys and girls after they come out of this crime. So we really sought out the professionals that were on the leading edge of this and we looked for the ways that we could fill some of those gaps. And just quite honestly, this crime is is so complex um and it takes so much time to dig into 
that our law enforcement is, is just under resourced for it. And one of the ways I, I equate it to terrorism is, you know, when the when the towers fell on 9-11, that was too late to go back and figure out who did this, how did this, how do we interdict this early enough? This is this is that same type of a crime. There's a process of a recruitment and a breaking and a luring of these boys and girls and introducing them into this crime category that we can see early on. And that's where we've got to catch it. It isn't it isn't good enough to rescue a girl and recover a girl or boy after months and years in the crime of sex trafficking because it's it's such a dehumanizing breaking crime, it's really hard for them to return to a sense of normalcy. So we've got to be proactive and offensive. And if, if people think about it, it's not really the way we police. You know, we we balance our privacy um, and our human rights with what law enforcement is, is able to do. So that forces them into the reactive side of things. And they're not digging into little clues and indicators that could potentially be trafficking early on. And that's where a private organization is able to do that. This is a unique crime because it's advertised. There's escort ads all over the internet. You can order up boys and girls of all ages all over the internet. Now, the the ones that are on the very open source, the public available ones, you, it's very difficult to, to find a minor, even though they're out there for sale. But every day we can scour these escort ads and look to put together these clues on who these girls are, who these pimps and traffickers are, what these networks look like. And we push that information to law enforcement to be proactive. And then the reactive side of it is as law enforcement is working cases and they run into gaps or we've got uh, parents or whomever that are missing their children or, or looking for um, some assistance to protect their children, uh, they can reach out to Guardian Group there as well. So to, to finish up a long way, the, the, the where we're at this year, Jess, is the money that's coming into Guardian Group is going to direct hires of veterans, both from the analytical community, uh, intelligence analytics, and the operations side to partner with law enforcement. That's our, that's our primary goal here in 2017. And so just for people who may not understand, like you guys are actually helping them with the computer side of, of tracking down these people who have kidnapped kids or who are abusing kids or, or you guys are actually advising officers on takedowns and and how they go about being safe and and making sure to recover these kids is that right it, it is. And, and these, you know, our, our law enforcement are they're very good, especially in these big cities. You know, these big cities are terrific and, they, and they've got more resources. But what happens is when you have a place like Portland or uh, Los Angeles or one of these bigger cities, all, all it does is it pushes these traffickers outside where the law enforcement is being effective into these suburbs and, you know, across these county lines, across these city lines to where the law enforcement is, is, is under resourced. So that's really who we're focused on is to support these task force and these law enforcement communities that have one or two or three guys that are even looking at this crime, crime category. Um, and this is all we do. We just look at trafficking. You know, we don't look at labor trafficking. We look at sex trafficking. And even more, more specifically, we really try to find the minors. Um, but to get to the minors, you've got to wade through, you know, all, all the, the boys and girls that are of age. So for us to stare at this problem, it, it's quite a compliment to law enforcement that is looking at this crime category as well as burglary and theft and murder and, and all these other things that uh, that take their time. So sure. 
it's it's been a great great partnership with these folks. Well, you kind of bring up something I want to talk about. You know, I, I was so excited when you were interested in in doing some additional work for us at Mylan Advisors, being one of our senior consultants, come do some of our corporate trainings, these kind of things. Um, and I, I really, I guess, I'm been so impressed with you guys. You you look at law enforcement, and there are a number of folks who have wanted to help out with this issue, and they've rushed into their local police department, and said, "Oh, I'm here to fix you guys. Um, why don't you come? Why don't we get?" together so I can tell you what I'm going to do for you. And, you know, law enforcement says, thanks, but no thanks, right? Um, this this principle that, you know, that we talk a lot about at Mylan of like getting really dialed in to what's going on for someone else so we can discover what they want. Like the best way for us to get what we want is to discover what somebody else wants and help them, help them get it, Right. When right. you think about building those building those relationships with law enforcement from a respectful place instead of a a um, you know sometimes the nonprofit community is at odds and they they like to complain and they like to point fingers at what law enforcement isn't doing yet without taking into any consideration that the training and the budgets and the constraints and all the other things they need to do to keep a society safe, right? Yeah. Can you talk about any of the approach of, of going slow enough and framing what you guys wanted to do in terms of benefits to them and, and this kind of stuff? It, yeah. Um, and, and that's why, you know, Jess, when we talked and, 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 and met and, and started up our friendship, you know, that you, you get this intuitively too, and maybe not intuitively, but you've learned this over time. So, uh, you know, same, same with me. And that's what I find so interesting. You know, this is what we do in special forces. We do this around the globe. You enter, pick a country, you know, largely Middle East, Africa, you pick a country, pick a city, pick a state, pick a village. And our job is to go in there and, and to build rapport and build relationships with those local leaders, those local leaders that are tasked with the security and the prosperity and the stability of that particular region. So this this is something that I have been formally taught for decades, and I've been been putting it into practice for decades. So for me to come out of the military and not focus overseas, but look inward and look at the stability and the security in our own nation, I consider these what, what we call host nation or partner nation forces overseas. I, I consider my partner nation forces and our host nation forces, the law enforcement, the communities, the, the local government that's in place to, to fight this crime. So you have to go in with that humble spirit. You have to go in to really hear and understand what it is they need and where their gaps are. And it's a long, slow process. It's it's building relationships. Which is funny because that's not, you know, like the popular media and, and the folks in Hollywood who are trying to make, you know, make a dime off of the whole like real life James Bond, real life Jason Bourne kind of movies, stuff like that, right? Yeah. There There is this perception of, you know, I mean, having all these clients I've dealt with in the military over the last years, you guys really are considered like the pro athletes of the military, right? Right. And, and certainly in society and in, in fiction, you know, whether it's not novels or movies, there is kind of this like perception that you guys are, uh, you know, the big egos, the big muscles going to show up and tell everybody how it's going to be kind of bull in a China shop kind of stuff, uh, which is so funny because uh, I'm not saying there aren't any of those guys <laughs> in the community, but my perception, especially of the folks like yourself that, you know, it's not like you did one tour and got out, you know what I mean? Like guys who, who built a career at it that did it for a couple of decades. It is so much about reading other humans and building that rapport like you talk about. And it, it's, it's, anyways, it's funny how real life is so unlike this. I'm, I'm going to show you, grab them by the lapels and tell them how it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, we, I kind of joke about that, you know, 
know, most of us are, you know, five, nine, five, 10. I'm even a little less than that. Just, just normal looking average guys, you know, the, the, the persona that's out there is, is, is pretty ridiculous. Now, I, you know, I've, I've seen some incredible athletes and capable guys and guys that approach that kind of Jason Bourne capability. Um, but and, and you can get to certain levels, you know, like running and shooting. I remember when I you know, first went through some of these courses, I, I thought, how, how do I get to from where I'm at to that where I can run and shoot and accurately hit, you know, small targets on the move? Well, it just takes training. And I, and I think that's what people don't understand, too. Even when you when you talk about a pro athlete, you know, and where I come from as as this professional special operator. It's just a lot of work, Jess. It's a lot of basics. It is a lot of time on the range. It is a lot of time just doing the basics. Uh, and, you know, you hear professional football coaches or, or whatever sport say, we're just focused on the basics. And, and sometimes you think that that's just kind of a, a, a pat saying that they have, but it but it isn't. It's just the basics and doing them right and doing them well every time. And, and, and if it's, you never but it's those nuances, gone, right? It's not mindless yeah. repetitions. Oh, no. But, that, you know, I think when you focus on the basics, it's it's much easier to, to keep your head level. There is nothing special about what we do. It's hard work and it's be, being subordinate to this team of folks that are working together. Yeah. Well, thinking about this, um, you know, essentially, as you guys are out in these 15 different states helping, I mean, you you know, you, you can't, there's no assumptions. You got to build a new relationship every time you show up. Um, are, are there any stories from your service that you can tell us about being in some other country and, you know, there was there was some natural friction and you had to show up and, and help reduce the friction so that the mission could get accomplished? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to talk and think about that at the same time, because one of the things that I, I, I thought was interesting, um, my my wife pushed me a, a thing yesterday. Uh, the 20th was the anniversary of, of the invasion of, uh, of Panama, Panama for Operation Just mm. Cause. That was that was the first time that I saw combat um, as a as a 19 year old. Um, and what's interesting with that is it, it's also the first were time you, that were you I, in the Rangers. Yeah. What what battalion? First uh, Battalion Elf Company. So shout out to any of those boys. <laughs> did you know? Uh, did you know Tom was in Second Bat at the same time? Tom from Ready Force. I, I did. We, yeah, I, I knew that, but we have we still have yet to talk about it. <laughs> okay, you guys were there at the same time. Anyways, yeah. Um, you know, so so there's a couple things as I'm thinking about your question and, and this particular particular piece, even what you were just talking about with Tom. So let me let me take an example. Yeah. When when we trained up for that invasion, you know, we went down to an airfield and both first battalions and second battalions jumped in and it was on this giant airfield. So I could see second battalion. You know, I knew I knew, I could see what they were doing. It wasn't until the 10th anniversary in uh, in 1999 when I was a, a lieutenant now and I went to a, a anniversary briefing of Just Cause did I realize that those Muldoons were on the other side of the country? You know, I, I thought we were working in the same battle space because that's how we had rehearsed it. You know, so the people that I heard fighting next to me that I thought was 2nd Battalion was just another company. I did not understand the scope and scale of that invasion because I was a young corporal. I was a team leader. I had four guys that I was responsible for. And that was what I was focused on. It wasn't until a decade and even more later did I realize how comprehensive that strategy was to have that success quickly. And that's and that's what what I equate a, a, an organization like Guardian Group to. We, we have a very, very comprehensive strategy that engages corporations, the hotel industry, the travel industry, law enforcement, the communities. You know, these this incredible capabilities of our veterans. Um, and it's it's very, very comprehensive. So that's one piece 
from Just Cause. And then the other thing I want to just throw in there too, incidentally, it's the first time I ever heard of sex trafficking. Mm. You know, I never heard of it before. And and we had heard of it because guys began to see it. You know, the narco-terrorism um, that Manuel, Manuel Noriega had um, included tr- the trafficking um, and pedophilia and the abuse of minors. And wh- when I first heard of that and saw some evidence of that, I, like most Americans, felt that this was just a very distant crime. This was a culture that I could just, I just could not understand. And then I saw it again throughout my travels around the world in, in Asia, especially in the Middle East again, in Iraq and Afghanistan. And people are very uh, much more knowledgeable about this idea of sex slavery with ISIS. So I always, just like most folks, thought this was a foreign problem. And when I began to realize that this is not a foreign problem, that we have this exact same problem in the United States at an incredible scale, that just forced me to take action. And that was really the driving impetus all the way back to 1989, December 20th, when I ever first heard of this crime. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about this application of, are, are there any stories that you can talk about here of, you know, obviously not naming names, but, but a, a, what, one of the police departments that, um, you know, you walked in the door and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the warmest reception, but, but through conversation, you were able to build some rapport. Is there any story you can yeah. think of? Yeah, I actually, I have two of them. One is, you know, what, with the law enforcement really to, um, it, it depends where you're coming in. They, they have been incredibly receptive. I, I Jess, I, th- I thought the hard part was going to be building these relationships and breaking down these barriers of, of, of a private citizen, a private organization uh, kind of partaking in, in this support to law enforcement. I thought that was going to be the hard part. And the easy part was going to be finding the financial support from from donors and from from corporations that really wanted to tackle this crime. And it's actually been the opposite. So I, I haven't had a lot of pushback with law enforcement, you know, and and again, I go back to what we said. We also give them what they need because they have m- many more needs than just. Yeah, can, can you give me a specific? Can you tell us a story yeah, about that? Yeah. So, you know, when we go into or when we go into law enforcement, the, the very first thing that I ask them is what is it they need? And sometimes it's marksmanship training. Sometimes it's 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 pistol marksmanship or or self defense or mobility training. You know, and and we provide that through the contacts that that I have through my friends in the military. We provide that to help them fill a gap that they have a problem with. And then we, we, as we fill that gap, we then transition our focus into trafficking. You know, one of the examples was a surveillance course. So they needed surveillance and counter surveillance and, and how to do better with their limited resources. So we put on a surveillance course and all, and all we did was the scenarios that we built was around a trafficking organization. And what's, what's crazy, Jess, is the scenario that we built about a trafficker, a pimp, an organization coming up from California, up through the, the West Coast into Portland, and then down here into Central Oregon. That was the scenario that we built. And we, and we gave indicators and triggers that these guys worked for a couple days. Well, lo and behold, within a month of that training, that a very same scenario came to life. And what we had practiced in fiction actually came to life and, and, and the law enforcement was prepared and ready, was able to rescue a couple girls from, from the life and put behind bars a couple of traffickers. Um, and that was one of those things that you, we try to make our training as realistic as possible and any, anywhere possible, we try to tailor it to trafficking. Um, I'll give you one more example here, what's coming up. We've got with January's uh, Human Trafficking Awareness Month, we've got a campaign where we're going to put on a self-defense class for women and children and, and, sh- and help them become self-aware of the risks that are out there 
help them learn some real rudimentary kind of self-defense techniques. Uh, on the heels of that, we're going to help folks recognize what those physical indicators of that abuse looks like and have, have them work some hands-on first aid. So, uh, you know, I, what I'm saying, I guess, is there this crime is so vast and there are so many characteristics to it. Almost anything you're looking at, you can kind of paint with that focus to helping be aware or recognize and what you can do as a, as a private citizen when this crime intersects your life. Well, you think about, you know, our audience here, while we don't certainly have a number of, of nonprofit leaders that listen to the show, we, it is a lot of business people listening to the show, right? Whether managers in a big company or CEOs of their own company. Um, you think about this idea of everybody needs more customers, everybody needs some, more supporters. You know, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's something that weighs on the mind of leadership generally. You think about taking your years of jujitsu and going and spending time with, you know, potentially soccer moms and kids who, you know, nobody's going to the Olympics after a weekend training, right? Um, But can you talk about why, like, taking the time at the personal level, um, not not just like builds a reputation for you guys, but builds actual connections in your mind? Yeah, and you know, it's it's funny how you 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 mentioned jujitsu almost in passing because you know it's it's such a passion of mine, and and I I think it's such a, a good metaphor for life and this journey. I mean, it's it's a daily lesson in humility for one, an incredible lesson in humility. Um, and the second piece of it too is you you cannot force your way into success in jujitsu. It it requires understanding. It requires practice years and years and years of practice and the more you fight against kind of what where where how, what your opponent is doing uh, the less success you have so it, it's a it's a situation where, where you really have to understand the art of the sport you have to understand how to string a strategy together where it becomes second nature and then it's really specific to you your body, the way you're going to do jujitsu with your size, the tall, lanky dude that you are compared to the short, squatty guy that I am. Mm-hmm. You know, we have we have two very different um, techniques and styles. And so you have to know what works for you. And then you have to understand where your opponent at is at and what his tendencies are. So we've talked about rapport. Um, and so when, if you look at jujitsu, when you train with your, your fellow teammates, you're learning their styles. Um, and, and, and you're learning how to defeat those styles and they're learning your styles and you're, you're learning all of these strategies. So when I, when I, I think about this with, with trafficking too, I, you know, over the years I became an expert, uh, on radical Islamist ideology and, and what, what these insurgents and terrorists were looking for overseas and how they communicated and what their, what quote unquote, their game looked like. And again, I, I thought that there might be some decent overlap with what we saw with that mentality, mentality and methodology, but it really is similar. And and as uh, these last couple of years have gone by, specifically this last year, I'm beginning to understand um, and guarding group, the folks that work with us are beginning to understand how these people do what they do, what they're saying when they say it, how they're communicating, what they're looking for. So if you look at this as as kind of that jujitsu game, we've really learned our opponent as well. We understand what these pimps uh. and predators are doing and and we're able to pull them into our game and that's what i'm excited about in the future you know this this is such a horrific crime um but i'm telling i want to get that word out to folks there's hope we know how to do this just like i tell you come roll with come you know if you're a a, a, don't know jujitsu i will beat you every time if you're if you're better at jujitsu than me you will beat me every time and and that is where we're standing up as guardian group is is an opponent to these predators we understand what their game is and right now we have the 
offensive advantage. We just need to expand it yeah. and then be prepared as they adapt. Well, I, I actually want to talk more about this. Uh, you just said something that, that um, I, I really want to talk about. I think this is a good part to cut off for part one. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about um, counterterrorism and jujitsu and, and ways to approach you know, reducing friction and accomplishing goals in part two. Uh, before we leave here, though, it is Human Trafficking Awareness Month for January. Uh, please consider um, donating to theguardiangroup.org. Uh, we at Child Rescue are, are big fans of them and what they're doing. Uh, go to the website, you know, click the Facebook likes, consider whether uh, you feel like what they're doing is something that you can support financially, and um, tune in for the next episode. We're going to ask more uh, from Jeff about his years uh, keeping us safe from terrorism, how that can apply to keeping our children safe from uh, traffickers. Thanks for listening. We're going to cut off part one of the interview there in the interest of time. We've had feedback that people would rather have 20 to 30 minute episodes, so we're going to break the interviews in half. Please check back tomorrow for part two of the interview. And as always, come to iCollective.co for show notes. And to learn more about Child Rescue, go to the menu and, and look at our Child Rescue page and see if that's something that you'd like to get involved with. Thanks for listening. Hi, welcome to the Subway ad for two ninety nine subs. How would you like it? Uh, I'll take Drill Sergeant, please. You got it. All right, now listen up. I want each and every one of you to drop and give me a six-inch meatball marinara. Cold cut combo. Veggie delight. Or black forest ham on your choice of bread with any veggies you want for just two ninety nine each. Subway! Make it what you want at participating restaurants. Additional charge for extras plus applicable tax. No additional discounts or coupons may be applied.